Hello. In case you've missed us, we're back with season two of Atrium Talks. Bhagwan and I, Deepa. Hi, Bhagwan. Hi, Deepa. So in this season, we're going to be talking about excellence. How do we create it? How do we scale it? And how do we sustain it? And Bhagwan, we're not going to be talking about excellence in amorphous terms, right? We're going to be getting into the specifics of providing actionable insights and prescriptions that both individuals and organizations can use to better themselves and scale themselves along an excellence trajectory. Indeed. Okay, so let's talk the excellence talk then by first defining this amorphous term, uh, not defining it as much as trying to understand what you, know, you and I mean by it. So let's focus on the individual today. And let me start with three principles. First principle of excellence is that excellence is a habit. The second principle is that excellence begets excellence. And the third principle is that excellence is a moral imperative. I never thought I'd hear you say the term moral with such in such an emphatic manner, but here we are. I don't know what you think about me. It's uh. named me Bhagwan. Correct. That's self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. So tell us what you mean by it's a habit. I think I can understand where you're going with this, right? Because excellence is often thought about as an innate attribute. You're a creative genius. This is a talent that is so unique and idiosyncratic to this person. It's, it's often spoken about yeah. in superlative terms uh, yeah. for those attributes, our dispositions. Which is a mistake. What we are trying to say is different. Right. The examples that we are often given are of people who are smart, who are well-educated, who have a position in society, and they exhibit excellence. But what we are saying is it's not required. High IQ, high education, high position in society is not a necessary condition for excellence. Hmm. What is necessary is that you can cultivate it. Hmm. anybody can cultivate it. It is a habit hmm. that you develop. Very interesting. It's not a way of being, it's a way of doing. Way of doing. And you can do it. Everybody can do it. That is what we are saying. And that is what will give us prescriptive advice on how to do it. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about this in terms of, I know you said you cultivate. So what are you cultivating? Habits? What kinds of habits? What are we talking about here? So there's this great book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. It's on Amazon. You can check that it is uh, five-star reviews from over 70,000 viewers. So, so what he's talking about is that you can do it step by step, a small step at a time. And when you keep doing it, this becomes a part of you. It mm. becomes your life. Right. So habits generate this a way of being which leads to excellence. And that is what we are trying to say here. Your way of doing creates a way of being that is synonymous with excellence. Yeah. You talked about over time. So I guess there is a huge amplifier over time, right? Yes. So you're doing these small things on an everyday basis and organizations are giving positive nudges. Individuals, since that's the focus, are creating these positive habits that over time makes big difference to yeah. their lives. And, and one way to think about it is how athletes do it. So if you listen to Gopichand, he will tell you how you become excellent is because 
you show up for practice every, every day. day at 6.30 a.m. And this is the part you don't see when people win in Olympics and other places. You don't see how much this habit cultivation went on. This sounds like such an individual construct, but you know, your second point is on excellence begets excellence. So I'm curious about when you inculcate this way of uh, doing, what's the impact and how does that impact extend beyond you? Okay. But before I go to excellence begets excellence, I want to give one more context, how to sure. think about habits. And that takes me to Bhagavad Gita. This is rare. Bhagwan rarely, okay, sure. Bhagwan rarely talks about Bhagwan. Yeah. <laughs> In Bhagavad Gita, when they talk about nishkam karm, right. that's the same idea. Right. It's a very powerful it's concept. It's really a habit idea. And again, this comes back to the point that it applies not only to people who are the most successful. So when Krishna is giving advice to Arjun, it's not because Arjun is the best archer. That advice applies to everybody. But let me now come back to this idea of excellence begets excellence. What do I mean by that? So there is a model we use in economics where production function, what you produce depends on inputs. And the two major inputs are labor and capital. And they interact. When you work with better capital, better machines, right. your labor returns on labor go up. up. Right. So working with an excellent person is like working with a better machine. So let me give you an example. If you're a farmer, you could be working with a bullock or you could be working with a tractor. Your productivity goes up when you're working with a tractor. Right. So tractor is like an excellent boss or an excellent colleague. When you work with that person, you also become better. So that's what we mean by excellence begets excellence. Right. So you, in, in addition to the habits, one of the habits is to seek excellent people and to be uh, around them and work with them. Absolutely. There are peer effects and we have seen lots of evidence that these peer effects are indeed very important. In fact, that's one of the advices I give to my MBA students when they decide which job to take. Sure. I say, find out a boss from whom you're going to learn. Yeah. If your boss is excellent, you are more likely to become yeah. excellent as well. Yeah. Which brings us to why. Why should we do this? I know you said nishkam karm, but can we talk a little bit about what motivates people to seek excellence? What motivates them to seek experiences, people, and a bunch of things that promote their growth in that direction? I'll tell you, my answer is very simple. You must do it. It is your dharma. Hmm. It is a moral imperative. Hmm. It is your duty to do it. Hmm. Why? Because when you are excellent, you're not just benefiting yourself. Of course, you are benefiting yourself because you get, you know, you get better, a better rewards, job, better reward, better respect. But when you are excellent, you make other people around you excellent. So it is an act of charity. Hmm. When you become excellent, you're making other people around you better. Hmm. Now, different people contextualize it differently. Some people use faith. For example, the movie that won the Oscar in 1981, Chariots of Fire, right. the two protagonists each had a different motive to be the best runner. Right. One of them said, I want to be the best runner because God, God. wants me to be the best. Right. He had this Christian faith. The second one said, 
I want my communities of Jewish faith. He wanted his community to get the respect. And that's why he was becoming right. better. But I being Bhagwan, I'm an atheist. So I require a different motivation. My motivation is community. Sure. What do I mean by community? I need to be excellent because when I'm excellent, other people around me will benefit. And the community you're embedded so in becomes it is excellent. an act of charity. Got I it. must do it, not for myself, but for other people around me. I, I love this because, you know, it also explains why there are so many smart, ambitious people out there who are less productive and satisfied than they should or could be. Very because, yeah. Correct. Because I guess they are in some sense so caught up. Excellence is a self-image. And so they're so caught up with preserving that image that they are unable uh, to seek out experiences which test them or learn from them because they, these experiences are risky. Right. Yeah. And therefore, they avoid them. They avoid self-growth and they avoid excellence in the manner that you are defining it, which is to be beyond yourself. Yeah. So I think that is the principle. You seek excellence because this is something beyond you. It is beyond you, whether it is God or is it community or is it other people you benefit. That's why you must pursue excellence. Sure. And it also has implications, therefore, for the journey you choose, right? Because now you can be vulnerable, you can seek help, you can believe that what wherever you are can change. And you don't have a myopic view of either life in terms of time or, you know, yourself. It extends beyond you and it only gets better with time. It changes with time. Thank you, Bhagwan. Thank you, Deepa.